0: Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I'm here today with Katie DeJanovic, and we're going to be talking a little bit about vaping as Katie gets ready to head over to South Summit later today to speak at an assembly there during their Break the Vape Week. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing very well. So to start things off, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to everyone? Tell us what your interests are and things like that.
0: Yeah, so I'm 20 years old. Uh, Some of my interests include hiking, skiing, really doing anything outside. Um, I love school. I'm going to school right now. I'm hoping to major in biology or possibly go pre-med with that. So yeah,
1: that's, that's me. (laughs) So a lot of outdoor activities and things like that. Yes. Cool. And you're speaking today at South Summit because for a short amount of time you started vaping and then you made the decision to stop, right? Yeah. So why don't we're gonna get into a lot of details about that, but just to set the stage, why don't you tell us how and when and why you first started vaping? And then let's talk a little bit about some of the misconceptions you had about it back then and your mindset. Yeah,
0: so I started vaping pretty much right after I turned nineteen, so that I went and bought myself my own vape. Uh the reason I got into it was because It's something my friends were doing. It's something everybody was doing. And I felt like there was an amount of peer pressure there that made me feel like, you know, I should go out and buy my own. They would always, they would share it with me and then they would ask me, oh, why don't you just go buy your own? And I kind of agreed like, yeah, why don't I already have my own? So I went out and bought one and my misconception about it was that it was pretty much harmless. Um... I kind of ignored any warning signs about uh, possibly having it be unsafe, and I felt like my mindset was more like, "Oh, like out of sight, out of mind. If I don't think about the possible consequences, then I can do this without any consequences."
1: Okay. So, did you ever try it before you turned nineteen, when you could buy your own, or? Oh uh,
0: yeah, I I had tried it before, um, but when I could, I felt like when I could actually go buy my own is when I felt. The pressure to go buy my own.
1: Okay. So this kind of leads into the next question, but at what point was it not until after you had your own vape that you really started to feel that addiction? I've read some of the stuff that you've talked about previously before, and you talk about over uh, several months that you really became kind of dependent on the vape juice. Did that start before or after you had your own So
0: it started after I had my own. Before I had my own, it was just something that I would, my friends would share with me every once in a while, and it was just kind of a feel-good thing. But once I had my own, you know, at first I told myself it wasn't going to be something that was going to be an everyday thing, and it just became 24-7 for me. Um, It was, I would rely on it to make me feel good. I wanted that good feeling that it gave me, and I would also rely on it when I was stressed Um, I had to have me, have it with me on my way to work, on my way to school, on my work breaks before bed while I was doing my homework. It was just an all the time thing for me.
1: So you're basically taking smoke breaks to vape, right? Yes. And what was it like when you had to go longer than you usually did without it? So hours or however that was when, what was it like when your routine got broken and you couldn't have that?
0: It felt like, I hadn't drinking water in days. That's kind of how it felt was that I just felt the need like, oh, I'm I need this so badly and I can't have it. Um, It's just the anxiety that it gave me. And I just felt like, um, you know, I was just so dependent on it that it going without it just felt wrong.
1: So it it wasn't maybe the buzz you got when you were doing it, it's the lack of buzz you felt when you weren't doing it. Exactly, exactly. And was there a time when you noticed a month or a few months in, like I'm doing this all of a sudden, I'm doing this all the time rather than, oh, this was something I did on occasion with my friends. Did you notice that, that it, became a, that it had become a habit with you?
0: So I felt like it was after a while of it becoming an all day, every day thing that I did start to notice, oh, wow, I am spending a lot of money on this and I am using this all the time. But I also felt like that didn't really matter to me. I kind of was justifying it, making excuses like, but it makes me feel good. So it's okay.
1: So how did it start impacting your life at this point when you were vaping whenever you got the chance, basically?
0: Um, well, it's just like with any addiction, it kind of like overran my life uh, and really made me, you know, I was just, I don't know, just being dependent on something like that just kind of makes your life different. And I've never been dependent on something like that before. I mean, other than like sugar, eating cookies, I love right. that. And I'm dependent on that stuff every day because I love it, but it's different when you have, you know, something you're spending money on, Um, it's draining your bank account, it's draining your health, it's starting to impact the way I was feeling, it was giving me a lot of anxiety, stomach aches, things like that.
1: So was it also, I know you mentioned uh, in in an article I read about the shortness of breath, so you talked about the anxiety and the stomach aches, were there other physical impacts? Because it sounds like you're a pretty outdoorsy, active person.
0: I did have a lot of breathing problems. Um, You know, I was out of breath when I was doing these activities that I love to do. um, And that did start to scare me. Um, Not only that, but I did start to have chest pain. Like when I would wake up in the morning, I would have a a sharp chest pain. um, And I kind of was like, Uh, that could be that or it could be something else. So I was kind of, you know, trying to ease my mind with that. But I kind of, in the back of my mind, knew that what it was coming from and that this was going to start to impact these activities that I love to do.
1: So before you made the decision to stop and went forward with that, did you ever have times where you thought, I should probably quit this or I need to cut back or anything like that? Yes, all the time.
0: I thought about that all the time. I constantly was telling myself that I needed to stop. Um, and then I c- was constantly telling myself that I needed, um, you know, to stop being dependent on this just because um, I knew it wasn't good for me, you know, it wasn't good for my mental health being dependent on something like this and trying to justify something like this. And it also wasn't good for my physical health, you know.
1: and. So it was kind of everything all at once. It was the yeah. your mental health and your physical health, yeah, and, and I, everything was snowballing together.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I felt like I kept telling myself I needed to stop, but the dependency on it was what was keeping me there, and the excuses
1: is what was keeping me doing it. So what was the last straw or the moment when you decided, okay, it's time to make a change? When you went to your mom, what led up to that and made you allowed you to make that decision?
0: Yeah, so over the summer I had to get hip surgery. Um and that in itself was just a hard experience for me just leading up to that, you know, and I knew my health was gonna be limited and my health was already being limited by this device. And so I kind of um thought to myself, I really thought hard about it and just said, you know, I'm already limiting my health enough with the with this device, you know, and I'm going to limit my health more by getting hip surgery. Um, but if this device is going to cause me not to heal right, um, I can't imagine my life, you know, in the future. I can't imagine when I'm 30 years old and have arthritis in my hip. Um, you know, it kind of just thought of that thought of, oh, I'm not invincible anymore. You know, when you're a teenager, you think you're invincible and just that thought of, wow, I'm not invincible anymore. I really got to think about my health now.
1: So what is Was it also part of it? The thought of being kind of stuck hip surgery you're pretty limited on where you can go you're kind of stuck in bed was the thought of just sitting in bed all day and vaping something that scared you or something that was like okay i don't want to get to this point
0: i did think about that is what am i going to be doing after i get this hip surgery and that was the thought is i'm going to be sitting in bed all day vaping um And I just knew that's not where I wanted to be and that's not what I would be wanting to do when I'm trying to get better and trying to heal my body.
1: Okay. So that led you to the moment when you talked to your mom about it and what was that like for you? I'm sure that was a really hard thing to do.
0: (laughs) It was terrifying. (laughs) Because, you know, my mom's somebody who's just, she knows everything and this was something that she didn't know. Um, And so coming to her, uh, although terrifying, I felt like, It was something I needed to do because I felt like I needed somebody to hold me accountable through this quitting experience because I wasn't uh, sure that I would be able to hold myself accountable. So going to her was terrifying, but ultimately it did pay off. You know, as teenagers, we always think that our parents are going to be our worst enemies in situations like that. But sometimes they turn out to be our biggest supporters. And to my surprise, she was my biggest supporter about it.
1: So that leads really well into our next question Sounds like your mom being a support was a huge help to you. What other advice would you give to parents that find themselves in a situation, either their kid comes to them and says, hey, I'm vaping, or they just find out about it, and they may have an immediate knee-jerk reaction, but what can they do to help support their child and help them actually get over it rather than pushing them the other way?
0: My mom's response really helped me get over it because... Having that support and, like I said, having that somebody hold you accountable instead of somebody yelling at me and screaming at me, because I, I know that if she would have yelled at me and screamed at me it would have pushed me away, it would have probably been like, yeah, like, screw you, Mom, I'm going to go vape again. Um, you know. And, and the truth is, is her response is really what made me feel like she really cares about me stopping and I kind of feel guilty about this and, and I do need to stop. And, and having her support me through that was really helpful.
1: You said that your mom kind of knows everything, and you were—it was almost a scary thing that you could be doing this and she didn't know about it. Was throughout the process, was her not knowing about it? What was? Were you surprised that it went on so long and that you had developed this addiction and that she completely was unaware of it?
0: Yeah, I kind of got to the point where I was kind of hoping that she would figure it out. Um, but these—I mean—these devices are just so discreet nowadays that. I could vape all day in my house, and she wouldn't know the difference, um, and that was, I mean, that was a scary thought, and yeah, it did get to the point where I was like, gosh, I just wish she would find this so I can have this conversation with her, and even if she's mad, I just want to have somebody tell me that this is not okay.
1: I'm sure it was a battle, and we'll get into the part where we talk about the, the quitting and the side effects, but I'm sure it was a battle where you when you came to the realization that it was an addiction and you wanted to stop, but you still weren't at the point where you felt you could talk to your mom. And so so I'm sure you were struggling with yourself a lot. And as you mentioned, hoping that she would be aware of some of these things. So do you have any going back to giving advice to parents? Is there anything that parents can look out for? There's a lot of stuff that the media talks about, like this is how you know if your kid's vaping or not, but there, what are some things that being on the other end that you would suggest parents keep an eye out for, or try to notice to, able to tell if their kid is vaping yeah
0: so um some things that um you know in my experience um, that i would say would be you know irritability that's a big withdrawal symptom of vaping so and nicotine so you know if you go on family vacation at a time where they maybe can't use their vape um, and they are ha- being irritable and upset then that's a possible sign that gosh they may have something else in their life like they might be vaping um, and that's what's making them so irritable is because they can't do it um another thing is i would i would spend my own money on vaping uh stuff i would buy my own vape pods with my own money but then i wouldn't have enough money to go buy gas and it's weird cuz i'm working three jobs and I would ask my mom for gas money. Um, And that's another sign of, you know, maybe she never questioned it, but that's a place where maybe parents can question is, you know, if you have money, if you have jobs, where is your money going? Um, And kind of being able to track that down and know where their money is going
1: um, is a huge thing because these vaping devices are very expensive. Right. And your mom talked about it in the article I read that, She, as you mentioned, was completely unaware of this and thought that all of her kids were doing great and wasn't having an issue. So I'm sure it was an almost automatic response for her when you're like, oh, I just need gas money. She's like, oh, just needs gas money this time. And as parents, you want to help your children, but at the same time, maybe taking a second look at some of these things that you mentioned and looking at the bigger puzzle together would help, right? Oh, yeah. So once you made the decision to quit... What, what was the first thing you did? How did that process go? Was there times when you went back at all, or did you quit cold turkey and you basically suffered through it and toughed it out and made it through?
0: So at first it was hard, and I kept going back to it. Because you think about these withdrawal symptoms that I was having, and the only way I could stop these withdrawal symptoms is to go use it again. So I'd be um, going back uh, back and forth between quitting and, and not um, – And then finally, I did end up going cold turkey, which was hard, but the symptoms only lasted for about a week or two um, of being, like, you know, irritable and those those really heavy cravings. And although I still had cravings, you know, a few months after, they weren't nearly as bad as they were when I
1: first started quitting. And was it did you have a specific flavor that you like? So were you craving that flavor or at that point were you just saying, man, if, if I could vape anything of any flavor that would help right now. So
0: that's the thing is that, yeah, I was kind of just like, I was, I was searching for that. I, I wanted that feeling. Um, again, I just wanted to, you know, I felt like, um, even when I was vaping though, is that, that feeling would kind of, of that head rush would go away and I would just be pretty much vaping to just vape. Um, and, you know, so pretty much quitting, I just wanted to go back and just get that feeling and then just go back to vaping to just vape. It wasn't really necessarily the flavors at that point. I felt like the flavors are what kind of pulled me into it. But by the end, it was just, you know, the addiction that was uh, pulling me back to it.
1: So you said you started out because some of your friends vaped and you mentioned that some of your friends still vape and you've convinced some of them to quit. How hard is, how hard was it during that process when you had friends that were vaping and didn't want to quit when you were saying, no, no, I don't do that anymore?
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard. Um, you know, especially just in general, um, having friends do one thing and they're kind of like, I've kind of always now been the butt of the joke because I quit vaping. So they joke with me about it. And especially now that I go talk about it, they, they joke with me about it a lot. And kind of learning, having to learn to laugh at that and kind of saying, you know, I'm doing this for my own health and I'm not doing this for anybody else, Um, kind of has helped me get over that. And, you know, I would never have my friends be the reason I would go back to vaping.
1: So, in especially in about the last six months when some of the vaping deaths started coming up in the news, what was that like for you and with your friends that still vape and don't want to quit, do they kind of ignore the things that you experience? Cause I'm sure they're, they have the same side effects probably. Yeah. So what's that conversation like when you try to talk to them about it or when you just notice that someone has died from vaping or has a serious illness because of it?
0: So, um, a lot of the conversation that I have with my friends is actually them telling me not only joking, but you know, once the, once we've all had our laugh, it's, you know, man, I really do want to quit and telling me that they do want to quit, but they just aren't able to. Um, and that's hard. And, and a lot of the conversation around people dying from vaping goes to them. Oh, well that was dying from THC, right? you know, and, and I feel like they're kind of discounting, you know, the fact that, this is really bad for your health by the fact that people are, a lot of people are dying from the THC vapes. Um, and so that's a hard conversation to have is like, you know, just because these aren't the THC vapes doesn't mean that they're safe for you, doesn't mean that they're healthy for you. And I always tell them, you know, would you go stand over a campfire and breathe in the smoke? You probably wouldn't. So then why are you then doing this?
1: And I'm sure that's the hard thing is because. There's not anyone around who has been vaping for 50 years to see what the consequences are like it like there is with smoking. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and that's what uh, I think scared me the most is, you know, realizing that I'm going to grow up one day. Like I'm going to really grow up one day and this could have serious consequences in my life in the future.
1: Why is it so important? I think that's a great message. But why is it so important for you that you talk to teens and do these presentations and you're kind of an activist for people to quit vaping?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's important to know that there's somebody else out there... um, that shares your story. You know, this is my story is everybody's story with this. And although we all have our differences, this is how it is. And I, I I feel like having that real story about this is what I went through. And hopefully teens that are vaping can relate to that and say, Oh yeah, I, I do feel like that and realize that there's hope and that you can quit. Um, and that, and just know that there's people out there that will support you, you know, including me, um, you know, that will support them through this. Um, I feel like that's a very important
1: message that I want to share. Okay. So let's say you could go back in time. So think back to that moment when you first, you first vape very first time ever. If you could go back now and tell yourself something in that moment or knock that vape out of your hand, what would you say to yourself to convince your past self? You don't want to go down this road.
0: Yeah. I feel like I would have said don't, first of all. Um, The next thing I would have, I feel like for me, I'm a very fact-based person, and I feel like a lot of people can be the same way. Um, I would have brought a PowerPoint that I saw from the American Heart Association and shown myself that and say, you know, these are the facts that you are ignoring, um, you know, and these are the possible consequences. And although we don't have all the answers let me lay it out for you of what, you know, what we do know, Um, which is something I was ignoring at the beginning, which is pretty much, you know, as I start to dig myself into that rabbit hole of research, as I, as I wanted to quit, I really got to that point where I was realizing, you know, this isn't good for me. Um, And I've been ignoring this the whole time.
1: So aside from the irritability and the addiction, what do you feel like now? Have you noticed a difference like physically when you're out doing activities and things?
0: Yes, a big difference. Um, So I feel like I have given my lungs and body a lot of time to heal, um, not only from the surgery, but also, um, you know, from vaping. And I feel like, you know, the first time I went back to go hiking after my hip surgery four months later, um, after I'd quit, I felt amazing. I was I and then now skiing, um, which I I've, I've been doing recently, and and going touring. I feel like I just don't notice it like I did. Uh, you know, it was it was there, it was weighing on me, and now it's not. So it's definitely a big relief and a weight off my shoulders to know that I'm allowing myself to heal.
1: So a pretty good trade off, right? Yes,
0: for sure. <laughs> cool.
1: So one last thing before we send you on your way over to the assembly. What would you like to leave people who are listening to this with? One message that they can take away, maybe for parents or for teenagers, what would it be? If they don't remember anything else or you could only say one thing to them, this is what it would be.
0: Um, For teenagers, I would uh, like to leave the message that you are not invincible. You will grow up one day and and the things you're doing now will have uh, consequences. Um, And it's a scary thought, but it's an important thought. Um, And for parents, just one message that I would like to leave them with is that, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And if your child has, you know, made the mistake of of falling down this path of, of vaping, um, the most important thing to do is is to kind of understand um, and to kind of help them through it and support them through it. That's going to be the most impactful thing that's going to help them move on from this and, and quit. So.
1: And it sounds like if they have, as you said, developed this addiction and they're ready to break it and get out of it, that they've probably spent enough time stressing and beating themselves up about it. Right? Yes,
0: <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County